Hello, hello, everyone. We are back with the 40 Guard Threat Intelligence Podcast, where we talk about all the threats in cyberspace. My name is Jonas, and once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Amar Lakani. Amar, how's life? Life is good because someone, a friend of mine today, just sent me a whole case of Tab Cola from the 80s. So I've been drinking Tab Cola all day. I've actually gone through like three different Rubik's Cubes. I, I feel really good and really hyper for some reason. That's good to hear. I'm always uh, happy to hear you have a good time over there. And I think today we will also have a good time talking about quite some uh, topics. Um, today it's all about the money, my man. It's, uh, it's about these recent scams, which we have seen with, uh, with Bitcoin um, and other things where, where we dig, uh, dip, uh, dig deeper into, the, um, into scams with uh, money related. Um, I want to kick things off with the, the Bitcoin one because I think it's uh, quite a trendy topic. It gets more and more popular and we have seen many scams in the past, like uh, probably one of the most famous ones from 2020 was the one on Twitter where someone was able to compromise, I think, more than 100 high-profile Twitter accounts. And it was a social engineering attack against the Twitter employees. So in the end, he had access to all these Twitter accounts and was able to post messages in their name, basically impersonating these people. And um, he asked individuals to send Bitcoin to a certain amount of wallet and promised to send the, the double amount of money back. So... Were you following this one? Jonas, not only was I following this, uh, we've actually seen it a lot of times. Last year, we had the same thing happen when like Elon Musk, someone like attacked his account and said, hey, if you send, uh, you know, uh, like some amount in Bitcoin to this address, uh, it's a charity, I'll double the amount in Bitcoins as well. Of course, that address was just a scam, uh, scam address. We saw multiple people, multiple celebrities uh, have their Twitter account taken over. And then uh, there was a Bitcoin scam, essentially send Bitcoins to a wallet address and that wallet address was a scam of course when bitcoins are are done they're just like done you normally cannot get them back now granted like if you're going for an exchange or something where where an exchange has like know your customer requirements where they're matching an id to a wallet when you cash out then at that point maybe maybe you can uh, figure out the identity but other than that you have a wallet address and sure you can like crack a wallet for that for the blockchain but uh but it's really difficult but uh this is just one of the many many scams that we're seeing and guess what? Bitcoins are on the rise. They're real, they're definitely on the rise. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like pump it up or anything. But I, I think, you know, a lot of people are agreeing that uh, that it's uh, even at the high mark that it's at today, that it's going to like even continue to rise. And and that's a lot of motivation for uh, for people to uh, like attack and try and make money. Yeah. And I think it's no surprise that threat actors are using different kinds of social media platforms, especially the one which we just discovered very recently uh, using YouTube, because there's such big uh, YouTube accounts out there with uh, multiple of hundred thousands or even million subscribers, and they have quite a, a big reach. So the one which, which I came across recently is, um, is an attack or like a scam where someone either hacked a certain YouTube account there's also a chance he bought it and deleted all the content from, um, from it because the subscribers stay. Or maybe he found a way to add fake subscribers to his account. And apparently he claimed to do a live video. So he was streaming some recorded footage from, again, some high-profile people, entrepreneurs in the industry. Um, he was telling about um, giving money away 
um, putting information about the website in the description of the link. But there have been a lot of red flags. And I think that's something we should talk a little bit more because it's always important to be suspicious when someone gives money away for free. And personally, I believe the red flags can be spotted um, if we look a little bit closer and just don't get blindfolded by the, the amount of money which, which is out there. So the one which I came across is that screen size recording is something because when someone da, does a video live, it, he usually tries to leverage the platform to his fullest capabilities. And these days with all these people doing podcasts and have technical stuff helping them, they're usually quite skilled when it comes to produce quite a high quality content. And this recording just was um, screen size was smaller. So it looked like it's something's fishy there. It didn't look that well. And also successful entrepreneurs giving away money to random people on the internet, um, also simultaneously, it's probably not something which is very likely to be true. And then in the end, if these big YouTube channels have multiple thousands of subscribers, but only one video available on their website, something doesn't seem right because usually they gain a lot of followers or subscribers over time with a lot of content which they produced in the past. So why would they delete their old content, which pretty much, um, pretty much accumulates money for them with advertisements? So Jonas, first of all, I am shocked that people actually don't give away money for free. I mean, I'm, this, this is like brand new news to me. I just, I, I'm just, uh, uh, you know, can't cannot believe it, but uh, but I guess you're right. People don't give away money for free, and when you see you know people giving away money for free, it should be a red flag that it should be uh, you know it could possibly be a scam. And you know, I like that how you brought up that just how people are uh, not only using YouTube to uh, you know kind of fake out uh, their you know how legitimate they are. I've actually even started seeing you know as of today, I started seeing recorded YouTube videos and even Zoom meetings where people are using deep fake videos to like you know impersonate someone not like a celebrity saying hey please give us money and I think that's actually going to be uh, the next thing uh, I, I think uh, we're, we're at a point where we now need to start authenticating what we see more than just our eyes and ears just because like you see someone famous or you see a celebrity asking for something that could be a deep fake now maybe, maybe uh, everyone needs their own PGP key for video video calls but I think that's kind of the next next evolution and of course like Bitcoins are so like anyone can get Bitcoins now. There's a hundred websites that will let you put in, you know, a checking account number and like transfer it for Bitcoins. In some countries, you can do it directly with a credit card as well. Uh, so Bitcoins are very, very easy to get. Once again, Bitcoins are not anonymous. I think people always think like uh, they're anonymous and a lot of criminals do make mistakes in using Bitcoins because it's what we call pseudo anonymous because the blockchain absolutely can be examined and it can be analyzed. There, there are sites that uh, and techniques that law enforcement as well as investigators and researchers use, uh, you know, to kind of help automate that process uh, on that. Um, I, I always worry when I see like, you know, something like Monero or even like, you know, kind of the hot thing now for, you know, to stay anonymous on the, on the cryptocurrency is Zcash. Uh, you know, zero cash that was using a uh, a zero proof uh, blockchain. So that's uh, uh, that 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 means that when I see that, I go, okay, now someone is serious. They actually are in the cybercrime ecosystem. They know what they're doing. Uh, they're taking this extra step. So that's when I start looking at, okay, is this just a scam or is this like a real criminal attack and what's going on here? And maybe start looking behind the scenes. But that that kind of scares me. But as I said, the YouTube attack, I think we're just 
going to start seeing a lot more of that. And we're just uh, at the precipice of, of those type of attacks. Hey, you mentioned something which I find uh, super interesting, and I'm pretty confident that in the future this will be a very big problem, the deepfake um, issue. And just to explain it a little bit, what's the issue here? Um, so with a lot of people putting their voice or their video onto the internet, technologies like machine learning are capable of extracting certain patterns and pretty much malicious threat actors are then capable of using these kinds of contents which are available to create wrong, to create fake videos. So it seems like it's a voice from someone who you are very familiar with. It can be to be like, for example, the president of the United States or a certain celebrity, um, because there's so much recorded footage available. And technology these days is capable of leveraging this content to create fake voices. So you can pretty much talk like you and I right now, and technology um, outputs the voice in, in, in whoever's person you want. So this is something super powerful because people might have a trusted relationship with someone else, and using these kind of technologies to your advantage makes it very tough if you just hear voice to determine whether this is the, the legitimate person or someone else. Yeah, no, you, I think uh, I think you're you're really really hitting the mark there, and you know we're starting to hear things even in like uh, government meetings and like Zoom meetings that are opened up and stuff like that. Like there's been a lot of pranksters, a lot of uh, hackers out there that you know luckily they haven't done damage. It's more like like more like pranks that they've been doing, but they've been doing it in high profile meetings and government meetings and other open forums as well. Uh, and uh, and so so I you know they they've already shown what it can do and the power of what can do and there's a lot of people that will fall for it i mean that's that's what these programs are being you know you know are really driving towards is try and make it as seamless and as flawless as possible i still think like they're not perfect yet and you know we'll we'll you know you know, if we pay pay attention, I'm not, and uh, and that attention has, is more than just a little bit of attention. You actually have to pay some real attention. I think you can kind of tell. But I'm, I'm we're not too far from the from a time where we're we're really being much much more difficult to to really tell. I think. Yeah, and and talking about the, the red flags, which we just covered, um, I, I think there are a little bit more topics as well when we look from a technical point of view how we can spot these kind of activities, which don't seem right in, in the first place. So let's come back to, to just this recent one, which was streaming on YouTube. From a technical point of view, for example, if we analyze the external domain, which is mentioned in the video descriptions, um, it leads us to a website which was registered 10 days ago. 10 days ago. Um, this per se doesn't mean anything, but it shows the website is very new. Um, and when we analyze it a little bit closer, we see that the domain was registered in the Ukraine, even though it's a domain, it's a .com website. And putting all the things together, someone impersonating an American entrepreneur um, using a Ukrainian um, register with a .com website, it, it's just it, so many things which starts to add together, especially if we analyze the name of this person who registered the domain. It's the same name as um, a very popular character in the TV show NCIS, uh, which is probably um, published on, on a weekly basis in, in the public television. So we see a lot of these small clues together, and if we combine them, something just doesn't seem right. And 
using all this information together uh, from a technical point of view can can let us determine pretty quickly um, whether something is, is fishy or not. Yeah, my friend, it seems like you haven't seen NCIS, so I, I recommend firing up your Netflix account and, and watching that. I don't think you will uh, you will regret it. It is an awesome show. But, uh, but other than that, I we're on point. I agree with you on every point you just made. Yeah, it's indeed something I grew up with, and um, yeah, I, I spotted the name pretty quickly when, when I heard about it. But one more thing which I would like to, um, to check out when, when we talk about the, the Bitcoin stuff is that these transactions, which we have seen on this website, they, they seem to have transactions which show, hey, whoever paid money in got money out. So what the, the malicious threat actor behind this project was doing is he showed a website and added some JavaScript code, which allowed him to generate fake messages. Because you probably know this better than, than most people, but if you go to the blockchain explorer, you can, as you mentioned earlier, gather information about what is going on on the blockchain. So you can tra track these transactions. But on these wallets, which we have seen during this campaign, we only saw money coming in. But the website itself showed that there was also money outflowing. Can you elaborate a bit how track actors are using um, these techniques to, to provide these kind of fake messages? Yeah, so first of all, let me uh, let me clarify. And so I think there's a little bit of misunderstanding of what's going on. So what these threat actors are doing is they're 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 getting money in into a uh, into a wallet uh, in, into a specified wallet. Now a lot of times they're they're smart enough not to use one wallet; they're using multiple wallets. And a lot of wallet applications will have sub wallets uh, set up for them. That's just for protection. Um, I, I can even tell you, like year, years ago, like I had a friend that actually, you know, used the bitcoins at, you, you know, at, at a store to buy something, and and someone was actually able to take that wallet address that he used and found out exactly what his, um, you know, what his balance was on his account. So so a lot of wallets will have sub wallets associated to them, and a lot of threat actors not they're not only using sub wallets, but they're using multiple wallet addresses. Uh, the second thing they do is they do what we call uh, Bitcoin mixing or Bitcoin tumbling, and what that is in its most basic form is it's trading out your Bitcoins to newly fresh mined Bitcoins that haven't been used before. So a little harder to trace. Uh, there are sites like CoinMixer and uh, I believe Helix that uh, will actually do that for you. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's actually people are like, well, that's money laundering. There's actually nothing illegal about that. Even, even money laundering like by itself, there's nothing illegal about that. You can actually go to the bank and say, hey, I have a whole bunch of like crumpled bills. Can you trade them out for new bills? absolutely perfectly legal. Uh, they may charge you a service fee, they may not. Uh, the same thing with these coin, uh, coin mixers, they, they usually charge a service fee. Now, the, second, the, the last thing that happens is once they've done that, then they're actually going to a form where, uh, so remember blockchain is really about verifying, you know, you know really verifying identity uh, and verifying that there's no, there's no tampering with. The whole purpose of blockchain, blockchain was actually uh, created by a long time ago by a guy named Scott Sornata, which, and his whole point was like, let's figure out a way to make sure that timestamps are not modified on a, uh, on uh, documents, on contracts. Uh, so, uh, so that was the whole point in like making sure there was no tampering going on with blockchain. So privacy and encryption was never, never thought of in blockchain, but there are blockchains such as like Zcash and Monero and Burge that uh, do 
specialize in privacy and encryption. So you cannot actually trace the blockchain. You don't get in the wallet address. You just can't put in the wallet in the, in the blockchain and see the transactions. And that's the last step, step that they're going through. And then finally, you know, um, you know, where, you know, I'm not 100% sure how they're exchanging that for cash if they want to fiat money. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just holding on to it. Or maybe at that point, they have other connections. There's a lot of exchanges out there and a lot of other scams that happen once they want to change it to money. But that's really the life cycle of what's ha what happens. And there's millions and millions of transactions every second uh, when they're mixing it, when they're, when they're throwing it around. So it's difficult. It's difficult to trace. Now, there is automation tools. There's a site that a lot law enforcement uses called Wallet Explorer. And that's that's an uh, that's an automation tool that you know let's uh, you know let's you kind of track like one transaction to another transaction where money came from where it left where it went from from that you know from that new address to another address. Uh, but once again, it's still very difficult because you're probably talking about hundreds if not thousands of transactions happening. Yeah, and, and these actors behind these product projects uh, abuse these kind of uh, technologies then to create uh, additional fake transactions with like JavaScript files on their website. So they want to um, convince people that they actually paying out the, the, the money in the end. And um, yeah, we, we see these attacks are probably will continue as long as they're successful because they're pretty easy to set up for them. And it's a, it's a quick money scheme uh, for sure. And um, talking so much about money, we already um, are in 15 minutes into this podcast, but there's one topic which I think we cannot miss uh, when we talk about money, and it's the IRS scams, which, um, which are becoming again very, very popular during this time of the year. Any experience so far? So everyone that's doing their taxes probably has experience. IRS scams, uh, which is uh, you know our internal revenue service in the U.S., um, that's that's the tax man, and that's who collects your taxes. And every year, everyone has like you know some sort of scams. Whether it's people on the phone calling you, whether it's uh, you know uh, emails that go out uh, saying you've you know uh, are owing taxes or you need to do something. This year is actually especially kind of vulnerable for a lot of people because in the U.S. we've had a lot of tax changes. Uh, we've had a new government that went in. Uh, normally after that, you have tax changes. All the tax changes actually are not in effect yet. So so it's a, so even next year may even be worse uh, than that. But uh, obviously a lot of people had government assistance, stimulus checks. There was a lot of small business loans that happened during COVID. Um, all these things uh, are really complicated. They're very, very complicated, the tax rules and you know what you can claim as a deduction, what you can't. And there are scammers that know that. They know a lot of people are having problems. Even professionals are having problems. You go to your tax professional, he may not know everything because the rules uh, have changed uh, so fast and there's been new rules that have come out. Uh, so uh, they may even fall for a scam as well. So that's really what's happening is uh, kind of the fallout from, you know, the government really trying to help people. The fallout from that is they created probably some complicated tax laws or even if they didn't create them, it, it, it actually you know, created questions for people, even if nothing has changed for them and really created questions for them. And that uh, and attackers are taking advantage of that. And they've always taken advantage of that. Uh, I, every year we've seen IRS tax scams around uh, around uh, taxes. And in the US taxes are normally due April 15th of each year. Uh, there's actually been a extension uh, for most of the US and there's actually even an extension in Texas because Texas had um, major bad weather happened this year. So, uh, so everyone doesn't know that. They don't know about the extensions. They don't know about like the different states and the laws and things like that. And, it's an opportunity for attackers to attack. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And also if we leave the US, so um, I'm from Switzerland originally. I live in Singapore right now. So covering the other two parts of the of, the, of this planet, um, I see, I get emails to my Swiss email accounts where they ask me uh, for information regarding my Swiss taxes, even though I'm not, uh, I don't have to pay taxes there anymore. And also here in Singapore, I get phone calls where they impersonate other banks and they want to help me with my taxes. Um, phishing emails claiming there's a COVID-19 tax relief um, package available and, and all these kind of things. So again, when we see these social engineering attacks, it's all about using events in the real life, putting together a very legitimate story and sending it to a lot of people. And then sooner than later, a, a few people unfortunately fall victim to these attacks and these threat actors are able to use this to, to their advantage. So it's definitely something which we need to keep an eye on. Um, it makes obviously life much more complicated with all the changes um, which are going on right now. But I think um, it's not just this year. This will always be something which we need to put in a consideration when, when we need to do our yearly tasks and threat actors are, are abusing these kind of, uh, of timings uh, to their advantage. and, and uh, they can prepare their attacks quite well as well, as well because they know uh, what kind of the year people need to pay taxes. So they're not really in a rush. They sometimes maybe can even plan like half a year in advance because they know at what point in time you will pay probably your taxes next year. So they can come up with some quite uh, sophisticated strategies, uh, stories, which, which might be more credible than, um, than others. So it's something we need to keep an eye on, definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, it's, uh, it's going to continue to grow, I'm sure. With that being said, Amar, um, it was a pleasure once again to talk to, uh, to you about um, all these different scams. It's, uh, it's a lot of money involved. Uh, no surprise here. But um, yeah, let's keep it up. Um, we will have uh, another great podcast coming up soon. And thanks a lot for joining me today. And it's always a pleasure. And I can't wait until next time. Thank you very much for everyone listening in and we are out.